We make podcasts so that we can share what we love and bring people closer to us. We've talked about sharing more of your knowledge and expertise, but what about the squishy human parts that make up you? How much of that should we share and how can we avoid sharing too much? Welcome to The Helpful Podcaster. I'm Mark Stedman. I'm a little bit hoarse, but I'm here to help you build trust and create long-lasting, rewarding relationships with your podcast listeners. So today we are talking about sharing. How much of ourselves do we share in our podcasts? This could be within our interviews that we're doing. It could be in a moment before an interview or somewhere in the middle or towards the end. It could be in a solo episode or it could just be a solo podcast. I'm building something at the moment, which I may talk about at some point, and I'm recording a diary of what that build process is like. And that will often involve a little bit of sharing and perhaps sometimes oversharing. And I was speaking with someone today who talked about the fact that they they sometimes overshare on their on their podcasts. And I'm really interested in diving into where those lines are because it's going to be different for different people. So why might we want to share some things about ourselves that are a little bit more personal on our podcasts? Well, straight off the bat, we know it's 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 the you know it's the first answer on the board. It builds a stronger connection with the listeners. I've talked so much. I've talked a big game about building that parasocial relationship, building that relationship so that the listener feels like they know you. That is what moves the needle. It's it can sound cynical, you know. That's what drives sales, but sales if you like or people coming knocking at your door but you know clicking on your calendly link and saying they want to work with you that comes from building trust and you can't short circuit that you can't fake it so it is real and you can't i mean you can do it cynically but it doesn't last and so we know you know i know you listening to this that we come at this from from the best intentions so it is about honestly sharing a part of ourselves, so that we can build that that stronger bond. And we can invite people to share stuff about themselves if they want to as well, you know, to whatever degree of anonymity they feel comfortable. But by sharing something personal, making a confession, making a disclosure, uh, to use a sort of a therapy term, every time I've had a, a professional conversation with someone in that kind of capacity and someone's disclosed, you know, made a personal disclosure... I feel more I feel like they get me more, you know, because it's usually something that's that's relevant. We'll talk about relevancy as well. Um it makes the show more relatable as well. It's it's not just about building that connection, but it's also building that sense of being relatable, feeling like an approachable human being. Not feeling like someone who's on a pedestal, you know. Not everyone's comfortable with with this, but you might want to talk about mistakes, big mistakes that you made, not just so that you can have the victory lap of saying, and this is what I learned, but actually sitting in that for a bit, sitting in the uncomfortableness of it and saying, you know, this really sucked. I really suffered because I, I, I made this mistake or I thought that this thing was true and it turned out it wasn't. It, it, like I say, it's not just about being able to say, and I got through it. Because maybe that particular mistake you didn't, and and that, and that's it. You know, you you had to just sort of take 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 the learning. Um, 
but it just means that your show becomes more personal, more relatable to the listener. And of course, it allows that listener to get to know you on a deeper level. So we're building a connection, but we're also knowing you more and knowing what drives you, knowing what interests you, knowing what you like and and what you don't. Because for most of of us, I think, in, in, in a world where we want to work with other people, that stuff is really useful and really important. Maybe it can get a little bit creepy if you start having a conversation with someone and and you start telling a story and they're like, yeah, no, I know that, and yeah, I, you know, your 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 dog Betsy is is five, coming up for five now, isn't you know? And it's just like, oh. But <laughs> on the other hand, there's an opportunity there. There's a shared language, a, a sort of um a number of well, it's it's an amount of shorthand that you and the listener now have when you come to have that initial conversation. And one of my favorites as well is listeners can learn your perspective and learn from it as well. They can learn how you see the world because how you see the world will frame so much of how you describe it. If you're cynical or if you're paranoid, then everyone's out to get you. And if you're constantly warning your listener about certain things that suggest they have to be constantly vigilant and constantly on their guard, if you then back that up with a story that says, well, yeah, because, you know, this happened, I had my identity stolen or whatever. And it's like, wow, okay, now I can see. It's like listening to or reading a film critic. When you know what films they like and what films they don't, you know how to triangulate their opinion against yours if that's the right term you know if, if i know what films i mean jonathan ross i don't think he does much film critiquing anymore but back when he used to do the the film show and and he was he was into his, his pop culture stuff i i could use him as a kind of a, a a barometer as to whether i might like a film or not not because i liked every film he he liked not because i disliked every film he liked but because i had something that i could calibrate against and so your perspective can be a way that your listener can calibrate and know okay actually they probably think this so you know it, it's it's just a, it's a it's a useful thing to be able to share how you see the world so let's have a look at some ways that we can bring the listener into our world then so sharing a personal anecdote you know I'm a fan of keeping every episode to a specific question a, a specific topic solving a specific listener problem so can you bring a personal anecdote that relates to that topic? If you're having an interview with someone, whether it's part of that interview and, 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 and bringing the, the guest in to have their own thoughts about it, or if it's something that you do later, you know, I'm a fan of doing um, a sort of a, what uh, the comedian Stuart Goldsmith, I believe, called a post-amble or a mid-amble. Uh, I like the mid-amble, which is somewhere between half and two-thirds of the way through an episode, you dip out of the interview. Comedians have done this for, for, for ages, and it's, it's a good format for, for, for anyone. You dip out of the interview and you have a conversation with the listener because that's your opportunity then actually to spend some time together because normally you're spending time with the, with the interviewee and the listener's listening in, but this gives you a few minutes to actually have a chat with the listener and say, this is what's going on this week. We've got a new workshop coming up or whatever. But it also gives you that opportunity to say, well, actually, you know what? This conversation reminded me of this story and I didn't 
meant I didn't bring it up in the interview because I didn't want to waste you know waste the guest's time or whatever. But I, I want to tell you about this thing, and it, it's a, a you know a way of adding extra context. You could talk about hobbies or or your interests outside of the podcast, because again, it's about adding color to your world. It's about allowing people to see you more as a three-dimensional colored inhuman being. And so, again, if we look at that sort of mid-amble section, that could be a nice moment to to just take a quick break and talk about something slightly different. Uh, I used to do this. I had a show called List Envy, which is one of my favorite shows to do. And uh, it was just kind of an en- you know entertainment uh, format. But I would I'd, I'd take a break um, near the sort of, again, somewhere two-thirds into the episode, and I might have a natter about something. I might bring up some follow-up from a previous week, or I might talk about a, a sort of a... a, a th- there might be a thread running through a few episodes talking about something that's been happening to me, you know, something to do with the cats or whatever that I've got here. I might tell a little story that can just be that nice little thread that weaves through these episodes hmm, and gives the listener... There's that hoarseness. And gives the listener that opportunity to share a moment with you again just just like we did there um if you're feeling brave you could share a personal struggle or or a challenge that the listener can draw something from again or i say again but i think what's useful is thinking about how this is relevant to your podcast and relevant to your listener it's not just sharing for the sake of it but it's it's sharing in a way that's generative sharing in a way that is useful that adds value uh or or adds context and so you could share about how it's been difficult to get an episode out. And if you frame it with in, in the point of view of you I know I know you're a busy person, you know what it can be like when stuff gets on top of you. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a moment where you can sit and moan, but it's a moment where you can show that you are a human who maybe doesn't have a staff of 20 people to do all of their bidding, but you're still doing your best. Uh, and that's an opportunity there where you can you can show that human side uh, and, you know, potentially go back to that relating thing of, of helping them feel like, you know, you're one of them. Uh, you might want to take listener questions um, and answer them on air. These could be, Things relating to your your own life, you could say, you know, if there's, if, there's, if there's anything that you want to know about me, about uh, what I do, you can invite, set the boundaries, you know. If if you've had an anecdote, that you've, you know, shared an anecdote, maybe shared a, a difficult story again, like it's inviting people to share something of their own and you can anonymize it and, and, and you know, do it that way. Uh, you could have a, a segment that involves your personal experiences or your perspective. So it's like a my two cents segment, you know. So you've got your interview and then towards the end, we often do these sort of synthesis or, or wrap up uh, sections where we, we talk about here are the takeaways from an interview. But what about if you said you know what, I, I have an alternate take on this or I have a different perspective on this. Maybe they've changed your mind or maybe you haven't and maybe you think, you know, this is where me and the guest part ways on this particular issue and I think that's interesting and you can respectfully disagree and offer your own perspective again and offer your own your own thoughts there that, 
again, helps that listener build a clearer picture of you, but also shows that you are an independent thinker with your own thoughts and you're not just there to be a conduit for the guest. So those are all sort of, you know, broadly, broadly positive things. Those are things that we can do, things that we can think about. Let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll pop back and we'll talk about some things that maybe we can be uh, aware of or think about so that we don't overshare, we don't share too much and we get the balance just right. Okay, so we're back from a much less horse version of myself uh, to talk about a few ways that we can look after ourselves in this process, not leave ourselves too exposed. So some things to think about here, um, some caveats or some you know, pitfalls. Sharing personal information can, of course, make us vulnerable or can leave us a bit vulnerable to criticism and make us maybe feel like we're a bit more vulnerable to attack because we're, we are opening ourselves up. And I think that is so often the fear. I don't know that that's the reality, but it's, it's a very real legitimate fear that if you start telling people about your foibles or about life with a disability or what it's like doing the work you do, but you know what? No one actually knows that I'm a carer and I look after someone 24-7 or, you know, my, my, my dog's not very well and, you know, whatever it is. All those things for a variety of different reasons, we might worry that that could open us up to some sort of criticism. Now, my particular take on that is if it does, yeah, that's going to sting. There's no no two ways about it. That's going to feel icky uh, because no one likes to be judged in that way. But I would very much take that as an opportunity to go, cool. You know how when someone unsubscribes from your newsletter, that's actually a sign that they're not for you. They're not the person that is really going to want to work with you. They're just, you know, you're just not right for them. It's the same thing. If that person is going to be so judgmental or so critical to feel that they have to get in touch with you and leave a comment, then, yeah, perhaps they're not the person to, to work with. And that's not the case for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's going to be different, but because you're listening to this podcast, I think you can get on board with that, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that for everyone, because some people are like, I don't care if, if someone has that thought about me. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to sell them a widget. We're not in the widget selling business. So, I, you know, I feel sort of a bit more comfortable saying with you, like, if that happens, that's probably a sign that they're not right. They're not someone that you want to work with. And so you can do whatever you want to do with that criticism. But you you don't have to, you know, like um, Elizabeth Gilbert says, you don't have to let it drive. You know, it's like fear. Fear, fear can be in the car, but it doesn't, it doesn't get to drive. It might make you feel or, again, give a, a listener who's commenting the opportunity to say that this is or you are unprofessional. And to that, I sort of say, well, this is the problem with spaces that people predetermine are meant for certain things, you know. LinkedIn is very buttoned up, kind of corporate, and and there's a lot of inspo content on there, and there's a lot of wide-eyed stuff, and there's a lot of 
carefully curated vulnerability sharing that kind of stuff but then equally there's also lots of people who say things certain things shouldn't be on linkedin and again like the first point are those really the people you want to work with because to my mind people who talk about professionality are using that because they are themselves vulnerable and they don't want to be they want to use professionality as a shield they don't want to let certain things in they don't want and they don't like the idea perhaps that other people feel comfortable doing that and so they they want to say this isn't the space for that because it's maybe made them feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's let it's someone else is letting their guard down and they feel like they're not supposed to because this is a work setting or whatever and it's like well not really nothing is you know there's almost no scenario in which sharing a bit of your humanity is unprofessional of course there are limits but there are so many reasons why sharing a little bit of humanness a little bit of vulnerability not completely lying down and exposing your belly for it to be tickled or or you know or scratched but exposing a little bit and just saying i'm here to make a connection there's the possibility that it could by sharing something personal about yourself maybe it'll alienate listeners who don't share your beliefs or values this one is going to be a trickier tightrope to walk and i think you navigate this in the same way you would navigate any professional relationship. I've worked with someone, the existence of whose podcast I kind of fundamentally disagree with. It's not hate speech, it's not anything like that. It's just, it's it's counter to my, the way I see the world and the way, you know. But when I spoke to the person, the person who was making the, the podcast was was a nice, polite fairly easy to work with person. And so I didn't feel the need to go down that road. You know, I didn't feel the need to to, to stop and say, I don't think, you know, because actually working with that person was quite easy. And, you know, your, mile, your mileage is going to vary on that, on, on that scale. And so this is kind of why I don't necessarily share all of my own particular views on everything on this show, because while I, I, I am quite happy to stand by them and defend them. As I've got a little bit older, I think, there are other things that I can let slide or or I don't need to get into. And so you can find that line within your own podcast if you feel like there are things that you want to share because a, a podcast is a, a great opportunity for you to be able to share the things that you believe, to share your beliefs in a way that can come across differently or could come across more powerfully than it might do as a written manifesto you know you can talk passionately about the things that you believe and the things that you want to stand for and i would argue if that alienates people then they are absolutely not the people you want to work with it goes back to my previous point but there are subtleties and and that's what i think it's worth navigating there are subtleties there are there are other hills and it's it's do you want to start battle on a hill that actually doesn't isn't um, intrinsic to the fight. <laughs> so absolutely butcher that metaphor. Of course, it might be, it might feel tricky to maintain boundaries between the personal and the professional life. When we are on mic, when we share our voice, we are sharing a kind of deeply personal part of ourselves. 
in a in an unguarded way, in a way that is certainly more unguarded than video, I think. Because in video, we come with a certain posture. We come with a certain, I'm on camera. Therefore, I'm going to, sp- you know, I think it changes the way we speak. It absolutely, I know it absolutely changes the way I deliver things. I'm much less comfortable on camera than I am just chatting to you now. And so for me, that comfortability, that sense of comfort might make finding some of those boundaries a little trickier. And it might be that I find those boundaries in the edit. You know, it might be that that that's how they get found. And that's okay. That's something that you can do as well. You can find those boundaries in the edit. If you think, oh, nope, might have overstepped there. It, you know, is, is that is that a can of worms I want to open? Or is that a precedent that I want to set? Do I want to share that deeply? You know, everybody's going to have their own, their own mileage for this. Um, so how can we avoid oversharing? Start by determining the sort of ring fencing, the the information that is off limits, and then stick to those boundaries. Set those boundaries. Say, I don't talk about my kids. Or, you know, as an example, if you want to talk about your kids, that's absolutely fine, as an example. And so if you feel like you might not always be able to see a boundary coming up or you 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 know you don't know if you can if you can hit it then just think about setting some some ground rules for yourself and just setting some principles have a little think about what are you what is off limits what does the listener not need to know about so think about what your listeners might want to hear um and might, what might not be too much so a lot of this has been about making you feel comfortable or uncomfortable but there is that that thing of Thinking about the listener, what might be a little bit, what might feel like an intrusion. I think there is a consideration there. I might talk about the reason I'm horse, as it happens, the reason I'm horse is quite wholesome. Uh, I was just doing a lot of uh, singing um, at a uh, at a festival thing. Um, and so I sort of sang myself horse, which is quite, you know, quite cute and wholesome and lovely and fine. But, you know, maybe I'd done some other things and, and maybe... I told a story that that actually the the listener just thought, oh, you know what? I didn't need to hear that. That was, you know, TMI. It was, you know, whatever. Because they've got a, a healthy boundary set up, and that's okay. So it's it, it can be worth thinking about not only your boundaries, but also what the what boundaries the listener might have, and just just being mindful of that a little bit. Finally, um, keep in mind. The primary focus or the goal of the show is it in service of that goal of the show is it going to help the listener get from a to b so some questions to ask yourself when you're thinking about all of this stuff how much personal information are you comfortable sharing how might sharing that personal information impact the tone or the direction of the podcast what is the primary goal or the focus of the podcast and how might sharing personal information align with that or detract from it? How might the audience's expectations or preferences impact your decision on how much you want to share? And at what point in the episode do you want to do that sharing? Is it, like I said, part of the interview is a little bit later? I wouldn't do it at the beginning because I think we want to build, we want to, as always, we're, we're trying to get the Pull that, pull that, pull that um, string on the starter motor, you know, and vroom, get it, get it actually going, and then we can move, you know, motor along. Um, we want to sort of get that engine running first, get that momentum going, and then we can 
we can slow down a little bit. But I think, you know, if we can go straight in, out the traps, delivering value, getting people interested in, in what the actual topic is at hand, then that's the best thing to do. And then we can take some time once we're a little bit further in and have that more personal moment with the listener. So if this has sparked any thoughts for you, I would love to hear them. You can join our little uh, community over at thehelpfulpodcaster.com slash join, uh, where we can all overshare together. Take very good care of yourself, and let's do this together. 